0: All right, so, yeah, first of all, I just want to thank Tyler for reaching out and seeing if I might have a story to tell in line with the theme we've been exploring for the past few weeks. Um, you know, he reached out, and as, as soon as I got the text, I was like, man, I know exactly the story that I need to tell. And, uh, you know, I texted him back, and I was like, you know, I've really got this story I, I think I should tell, uh, but I don't know if I can get out there and tell it without bawling like a big baby. And he was like, Yes. That's exactly what we want. Grown man crying on the stage. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say it. Not in those words anyway. But uh, all that to say, I've got my, uh, got my tissues on standby, so I'll do my best to make it through. Uh, but Before we begin, I just want to share a passage from Scripture that spoke to me while I was thinking back and reflecting on it. I feel that it really captures uh, my own spiritual journey where I was at around the time that this story place it comes from... The Book of Lamentations uh, in chapter 3, starting in verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail, they are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. So this is really probably my favorite story to tell, and if you've been around me for any length of time, you've probably heard it at least in bits and pieces. Um, But if I'm honest, it's not just my story. Though I'm a part of it, it really belongs to my family, and in particular, my youngest daughter. Many of you may have seen the sweet little curly brown-haired, brown-eyed toddler with us, who doesn't quite look like the rest of our family. And as you may have wondered or maybe even guessed, uh, Amelia became part of our family through adoption. And like many children who are born into adoption, Amelia's was not an easy beginning. So I guess to tell the story completely, I should back up a few years to when my wife Patsy and I started discussing adoption. When Patsy became pregnant with our third child, we decided that if it was a girl, maybe we would consider adoption as a way to bring uh, a son into our family. Uh, Caring for orphans had long been something near and dear to us, so adoption seemed like a perfect way to add to our family. Uh, Taylor was born, and of course we were overjoyed to bring another little princess into our lives. But after that, we kind of tabled the discussion until a few years passed, and around the time Taylor turned four, we started to discuss the idea again. (coughs) Decided it might be a good time. So we set down the path knowing that there were thousands of children already in the system needing families, uh, so we decided that we would venture into foster care. We went through the process of foster care licensing and we kept open minds about it, uh, but for many reasons it just didn't work out for us. After a couple years in the foster system, we decided to go another route and sign up with private uh, private adoption consultants. Uh, When discussing with our agency what we were hoping for, we were very clear that we wanted a little boy Uh, this is what we had been praying and hoping for for several years. Uh, Maybe you have heard that old saying, uh, if you want to hear God laugh, well, tell him your plans. (laughs) Well, I don't don't know if that's true, but it certainly seems so in our case. Uh, A few weeks after we put out our profile, which stated that we only wanted a little boy, uh, an expecting mother chose us. Uh, However, she had not yet had had the sex of her baby confirmed, Uh, so after much prayer and discussion, Uh, we decided that we couldn't turn down this mother who was willing to entrust us with her most precious gift, boy or girl. Uh, I must admit, if I'm being completely honest, I was not eager to have another daughter. (laughs) I had been dreaming of a son for years at this point. Uh, But I just had this feeling that God was kind of urging us on uh, into something beautiful. Uh, So we embraced the uncertainty, and we went with it. Uh, A week later, our agency contacted us, informing us that we were having a girl. So the anticipation uncertainty while we waited began. Amelia's birth mom was already late in her pregnancy when we were chosen, so it wasn't long before we were notified that we need to get ready to head down to Florida where she was located. We packed up and a few days later our whole family was on the way to Florida to await the birth. We had every expectation that it would be a relatively quick trip there and back, maybe a week at most. Uh, fast forward a couple of days and our birth mom texts us then she is ready to head into the hospital baby girl's on the way well she wasn't kidding she almost didn't make it to the hospital because only minutes after she was admitted amelia was taking her first peek into a bright new world uh, it was still the middle of the pandemic at this point uh, so we weren't allowed in the room uh, while she was being born but the hospital graciously gave us our own room where we could wait for our time to embrace our new baby girl I wish I could say that my confidence was improving at this point. Uh, but honestly, I was, I was full of trepidation and doubt. Uh, I remember praying for a long time up until this point, uh, but right there, even in that hospital as we waited, please, God, give me a heart uh, to love this little girl the way she deserves to be loved. Uh, I, was, I was truly afraid that I might not have the same paternal instincts uh, towards a child that wasn't biologically ours. And the fear that I would fail this little girl was overwhelming at this point. Well, every ounce of doubt and fear that I was feeling melted away the moment they brought her in that room and placed her in my arms. When I looked into her eyes, I instantly fell in love. And what she didn't know then, what she most definitely knows now, is that she had me wrapped around her chubby little fingers. <laughs> so again, <laughs> we fully expected to be discharged from the hospital and sent on our way back home the next day. However, the nurses started to check her over a bit more closely, and some concerns began to arise. She was displaying all of the symptoms of a child born with drug addiction. And after collecting and analyzing a urine sample, it was determined that she did in fact have methamphetamine in her system and was starting to suffer from withdrawals. That became increasingly clear as the hours went on that day. Uh, She became very rigid and temperamental, even inconsolable much of the time. The small hospital we were at was not equipped to deal with this situation, so they had Amelia transferred to another hospital in another larger city close by. At this point, a new uncertainty arose in me. Not one of, can I love this child, but how in the world do I care for this child now who's going through something so challenging that it completely blindsided us? We were not prepared at all for this. Our other children were sitting in a hotel room waiting for us to walk back through the door with their little sister so we could make our way back home. <clears throat> we, had no play, we had no plan in place for an extended stay in the hospital with a sick newborn. Fortunately, and I choose to believe providentially, we had already booked a vacation rental in the very city that they were transferring Amelia to, an hour away from uh, where we started. The owner of the rental was very accommodating and allowed us to extend our stay as long as needed, even reaching out to the family that had reserved the house after us. Patsy's mother also flew in to help take care of our other children while we made trips back and forth to the NICU to stay with Amelia. So the process to wean an addicted infant off methamphetamine is basically to get them addicted to morphine so that they can at least relax and rest and then slowly taper them off until the withdrawal symptoms have dissipated. All in all, it was about a two-week stay in the hospital, Patsy and I rotating each evening so that one of us was always with her. It was heartbreaking. It was exhausting. It was hard, but it was also beautiful. I spent a lot of time in that NICU room praying, God, please let this child be okay. Help us get through this. Let me be the strong father that she needs right now. This was also, as it was probably for many during the pandemic, a very dry season uh, for me personally, spiritually. Uh, at, at this was a time when I was rethinking a lot of my faith. Uh, we, had, we had visited Village Church uh, among many other churches pre-COVID, uh, but we weren't particularly connected to any, any church community at this point. And though we didn't have a spiritual community to leave on, lean on at this time, I knew we weren't alone on this difficult journey. I felt God's presence there in the NICU more deeply than I had in a very long time, maybe ever. Despite everything unexpectedly going sideways, this poor little child suffering right before our eyes, I began to feel an enveloping sense of presence and peace. It was as if though God were telling me, this is what you have been called to. I am here with you in the midst of it all. Thanks to round-the-clock effort by many amazing healthcare workers, Amelia's, Amelia's symptoms of addiction slowly dissipated, and we were able to leave the hospital and take her finally to meet her eagerly awaiting big sisters. Not long after, we headed home, and for the next several weeks, Amelia was happy, seemingly healthy baby girl, until she wasn't. At about 10 weeks, her temperament completely did a 180. She went from bubbly, cheerful, content little baby to again inconsolable most of the time. It was scary and baffling. God forbid we thought maybe she was going through withdrawals again. We took her to her pediatrician where they thought maybe her belly button was causing her pain as it hadn't healed properly and needed recauterizing. They told us to keep an eye on her and hopefully after a few days the belly button would heal and the pain would subside. A few days passed, and after trying different formulas and gas medications in case it was stomach discomfort, things only got worse. We knew we needed to get her back in to see her doctor. As I was getting her dressed the morning of her appointment, I went to maneuver her arm into her shirt, and noticed as soon as I did, she began to wail uncontrollably. Then a feeling of dread set in. Oh no, did she have an injured arm all this time? Had I hurt this poor little girl who had already endured so much? I got her into the doctor, and after telling her my, uh, my observation about the arm, I was fully expecting to get a finger-wagging and lecture about how we needed to be more careful with this fragile little human. Uh, but instead, the doctor was just as perplexed as we were. She didn't see any outward signs of trauma to the arm, but something was clearly wrong, and we needed to get her into the ER for x-rays. <clears throat> the x-rays came back, and the ER doctor was just as perplexed as the pediatrician. There were no signs of trauma in the x-ray either. But again, something was clearly wrong. Thank God that young ER doctor went with his intuition and didn't just send us, send us home writing it off as gassiness or some other ailment common to infants. He told us he just wouldn't feel comfortable discharging us and that we should be admitted overnight so more tests could be run. The next morning, the other shoe dropped. They had run blood tests, and another very young, very apologetic doctor informed us that Amelia was suffering from congenital syphilis. We were floored. Questions swirling through our heads. How after all this time that she would already spent in the hospital had this not been discovered? And of course we were terrified. Syphilis can rav- ravage the body in so many ways. And it was manifesting primarily by attacking the joints, uh, which explained the agony she was feeling When she moved her arm, the treatment was periodic round the -the clock doses of penicillin. Best case scenario was 10 days in the hospital. Again, it was heartbreaking watching her suffer, not only from the pain of the infection, but also as she was administered a spinal tap to ensure the infection hadn't spread to her nervous system. As she was poked and prodded numerous times a day, as nurses struggled to find a vein in which to hook her IV. <clears throat> and on top of all that, she also had a reaction to the penicillin, causing her to spike a fever, become lethargic, and covering her entire body in a red, splotchy rash. But there was no other choice. The reaction to the medication was not life-threatening, so she would have to endure it in order to eradicate the infection. <sighs> I was not feeling particularly faithful at this, at this juncture. Uh, I was not really concerned with where God was at in all of this by this point. But I remember one morning, after Patsy and I had rotated turns in the hospital, uh, I decided to go to the gym to clear my head. And while I was there, I felt like the weight of everything, no pun intended, hit me all at once. And I sat there in the middle of the gym, fighting back tears, as the heaviness just settled in on my heart. The feelings of fear and anxiety and helplessness all came flooding in. But at the same time, that gentle, reassuring feeling The same one I had felt months earlier in the NICU began to emerge again. God was telling me once more, take heart. You are not alone in this. I'm with you. And over the next few days, that reassurance and peace began to replace the fear and anxiety. I couldn't help but admire the strength and courage that Amelia displayed while she suffered through this. Through no fault of her own, she had endured so much in her short little life, she had no idea why she felt terrible or why all these strangers were poking her with giant needles, strapping her to x-ray tables and various other medical examinations she had to endure. But through it all, after the tears would cease, a happy little carefree baby started to emerge again. Fortunately, the treatment worked in the estimated time frame, and the infection in her blood count was down to target levels. She was discharged from the hospital and we took our happy, healthy girl home once more. (laughs) Over the next several months, we would have to continue to take her to see specialists to ensure there were no lingering effects. We also had to take her back to get labs from infectious disease periodically until they could say with certainty that the infection was not coming back. (laughs) And now three years later, I'm happy to say that Amelia is a perfectly happy and healthy little toddler. And there's nothing to suggest that any side effects of her early struggles remain. It was hard, but it was indeed beautiful. Um, I got to witness Amelia's strength and God's unfailing love and faithfulness. Even when I was without faith, God was faithful. We did not walk through that valley alone. Though I do not accept that God ordains or orchestrates suffering, I do know that God can use it to bring us closer to God's own heart. Since then, I've been making my way back to that very place. And without a doubt, God used this whole experience to bring me there. And I also thank all of you, uh, my family here at BCR, for showing me God's heart as well. It has truly been a blessing to our family to find a church where a beautiful vision of God is being expressed and shared in the community. I hope this story has been a blessing to all of you and serves as yet another reminder and this God is with us in this hard and beautiful life thank you